Welcome to another edition of the OK Preps Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by high school sports editor Barry Lewis. And this is the state basketball tournament uh, edition of the podcast. Uh, you can check us out on Apple, Google, or Spotify, and we hope you will check us out. Barry, let's start in 6A. Uh, for all their success in, in many sports, not just football, Jinx has never won uh, a boys basketball state title. They enter number one. Is this, is this their year? It might be. They have go into the tournament with as good a shot as anybody, I think, especially if they play the way they did in those two games in the area tournament. Those were the two best back-to-back games I've seen Jenks play and probably in two or at least two years. Um, they've been really good the last two or three years, but I don't think I've ever seen them play as well in back-to-back nights as they did last weekend as Chase Martin coming back from an ankle injury. Um, he, his first game back was in the regional final, which they lost to Muskogee, 39 to 36. So you're wondering, just Jinx in real trouble? But he came back on uh, Friday in that second game back, and he was supercharged. He scored 23 points in the first quarter. I mean, that was incredible. And the whole team was incredible in two back-to-back nights. So if they bring that fire and passion and efficiency to Norman for the state tournament, they've got as good a chance of, as anybody to win the gold ball. And the last time that uh, the tournament was played in Norman back in 2009, they reached the championship game. So uh, maybe Norman's got some good vibes for the Jenks Trojans. So they entered number one. How strong a favorite do you consider them? Are they the overwhelming favorite or is it going to, I mean, it's uh, rankings are subjective, but I mean, just kind of give us a sense of, are they clearly number one or just by a little? Are they? Well, Booker T. Washington enters as number one in the East uh, since they divided the rankings this year. Okay. And um, so Jenks is num- enters as number two. Uh, so I'm, I would say a lot of people, and I would say myself included, give Booker T a slight edge, especially people from the East would give Booker T the slight edge. So, because uh, they are playing great as well. 23 and two is pretty amazing. So um, they, they're hitting on all cylinders. So it'll be, very, and they beat Jenks in the regular season. So um, Booker T, uh, I think, they're going to be, I think they, I would give them the slight favorite role. So uh, Aaron Potter is having a player of the year type season as Bill Haston wrote about after they beat Broken Arrow in the area championship game. And, uh, but, you know, as we talked about last week on the, on the podcast, that it all comes down to matchups in the playoffs. And um, one bad night can, this is not the NBA where it's a best of seven. One bad night, our foul trouble can sink you. So, um, but uh, I'll give Booker T the slight edge. So those are the only two, uh, what we consider local teams uh, in the 6A bracket. Who's the, of the other, other the non-Jinx, non-Booker T, who's the biggest threat in 6A? Uh, I would say either Edmund Memorial or Putnam West. So, yes, it was really weird the way things evolved. I mean, we've talked about all season long about the depth, depth, the quality of teams in 6A this year is the best, and the talent was the best that we've had in the Tulsa area in many, many years. 
thought for sure at a minimum there would be three Tulsa area teams make it over. And so it, it fizzled. Only two Tulsa area teams. I mean, the way it played out. Um, so it's the, the talent level wasn't, isn't really reflected in the end result, which is only two Tulsa area teams making it to the final eight. So uh, from a Tulsa standpoint, that's a real shame because there was some great basketball this year. Um, I know people in Owasso are disappointed, people in Broken Arrow, among others. Um, Muskogee went through as a regional champion. They were the, looked like they were going to be the surprise team, the surprise team to make it, but uh, they couldn't get that one win in the area tournament. And so you've got just two Tulsa area teams and six A boys. Let's drop down to 5A, break that down. Who's, who's your pick and why in 5A, Barry? Well, my pick to reach the uh, championship game would be Del City Memorial. I think that's a strong, they are strong favorites to get to the championship game. And so that'd be a rematch of the Tournament of Champions championship game, which Del City rallied to win. So that would be a super matchup if that took place. However, it's a, it's a pretty tough field in 5A, boys. Um, there are no gimme games. Um, so Memorial even has a tough draw. Um, they've got Midwest City, great basketball tradition at Midwest City. Mm -hmm. So they've got, they open against them in the quarterfinals. And then you've got um, Collinsville, uh, area champion from over here. They're having to play the defending champion in the quarterfinals, Midwest City, Carl Albert. Um, so it's a loaded field in 5A, uh, but I think Memorial and Dell City are just, they're above the rest, however, is March Madness, and March Madness isn't just in college basketball. It extends to high school basketball. As we saw last year, Memorial was upset in the quarterfinals by Ardmore. It was one of the more stunning results I've seen in the past decade at the state tournament. And, uh, you know, Memorial, and I'll be writing about this in Thursday's Tulsa World, Memorial is focused on not letting that happen again. And so, I mean, if they were to be upset, it's not because they're going to be overlooking the opponent. They admitted they weren't focused as well as they should have been against Ardmore last year because Ardmore wasn't ranked very high. Midwest City has their full attention. Mm -hmm. So if you had to pick, you know, let's, let's just assume it's a Memorial Dell City final. If you had to pick, who are you picking? I'm going to go with Memorial. I mean, it is hard for a team to have had a better two months look better than Memorial has. I mean, they went three consecutive games recently, the regular season finale in the last two, in the first two games of the playoffs where they scored 110, 114, and 121. That is almost unheard of in high school basketball, especially yeah. in the playoffs. And then in the area championship game, they only scored 84. <laughs> um, Edison gave them, gave Memorial, and it was a 14-point deficit. Edison gave Memorial its toughest, its closest game since they played Dell City in the Tournament of Champions final in late December. And that's crazy. I mean, Memorial, you can't be playing any better than Memorial is right now. However, it is March Madness, and you just have that one-off game, and uh, it's all she wrote. What uh, what kind of breakdown you seen in 4A? We got two local teams in the 4A bracket. The two local teams being Holland Hall and Victory Christian, and uh, Victory Christian is ranked second, 
and uh, they had to go through the losers bracket after losing by one point to Holland Hall in the regional finals. So that was a tough mm-hmm. road for victory. And uh, but they made it. They had a couple of close, real close calls in the area tournament, but they survived. And uh, sometimes those are the, those type situations can really springboard you to a gold ball. So uh, victory's very capable, and uh, Holland Hall obviously very capable. The team that defeated Victory by one point in the regional final and Holland Hall last year nearly pulled off the upset of the 4A tournament because they took Heritage Hall, which was a big favorite last year, along with Kingfish, to get to the championship game in the quarterfinal. Holland Hall took Heritage Hall to overtime. I think they overcame a 20-point deficit in the fourth quarter. It was pretty crazy, and they had a shot to win, and it just didn't fall for them. So maybe it's Holland Hall's turn. I mean, they've got such a winning mentality there. It comes – They've got several football players, and of course, we know about their football success. And they bring that winning mentality over. And uh, it also takes them until February, early February, to start gelling. And Coach Teddy Owens predicted that, and it happened. And so they're on a nice winning streak right now. So look out for Holland Hall. And I would also say the same thing to an extent about Collinsville and 5A. I'm not picking them to win in 5A, but. Um, they're a team to watch because that same mentality, that winning mentality from football is carried over there with a couple of their players and just with the whole team. But anyway, in 4A, though, I think you have to make as much as I think Holland Hall and Victory have a chance. I think um, you've got to give the edge to Kingfisher just because they've been the, the top team in 4A over the last five years. They've been pretty dominant. And uh, so I, they would deserve the edge. Crossings Christian is a team to look for because they won the state title in 3A last year and have moved up. So that is a team you can't overlook either. So they, they know what it's like to win the gold ball. So they're a very mm-hmm. intriguing team. Eric, uh, they say in the NCAA tournament in, uh, that – guard play is essential and teams with good guards tend to do well. Is, is there a similar theme in at the high school state tournament where that you might draw or is it, is that not an apples to apples comparison there? No, I think it's, I think it's, uh, you, that carries over to high school basketball. Um, Cause no matter what sport, if you're trying to eat, let's just say even hang on to a lead in the late moments, you've got to have that strong point guard uh, I mean, you really need a um, experienced, calm, cool group of players, calm, cool, collected group of players anyway, especially, but it's really necessary to have a guard who can run the show and can direct things. Not just, I mean, for the whole game, true, but especially in those last moments when the other team is making its final run at you. As we've seen, big leads can disappear quickly if you don't have that really good point guard. So, Barry, once you break down our coverage uh, as best we can now, I know that will change depending on wins and losses, but uh, you'll be you'll be there, uh, Bill Haston, I say there in the, uh, what, it's at uh, Lloyd Noble Center and their Summit State Fair Arena and what, the first round 5A games are at Noble High School, is that correct? Yes, I'll be at Noble on Thursday, okay. and, and then Bill Haston will be at 6A. I'll be at Noble High School with 5A boys on Thursday. This should clarify. And then Bill will be at Lloyd Noble Center at OU for 6A boys. And then uh, Kelly Hines 
will be covering 6A girls at Midwest City Carl Albert. And then Dwayne Dupron will be at 5A girls at Norman North on Thursday. And then we all come together <laughs> for Friday and Saturday at Lloyd Noble Center where all the semifinals and finals are. And then uh, we have Dwayne will be covering some action starting Tuesday while we're taping mm -hmm. at uh, the big house and stay at the fairgrounds in Oklahoma City. So he'll be uh, covering some of the actions, especially as it pertains to our Tulsa area teams there. So yeah, we'll have extensive coverage of the state tournament as we always do. You can check it out in the paper, of course, and online. We will uh, post stories as games are over and we'll have photos and columns and stories and uh, we'll, we'll do what we normally do in the state tournament. All right, Barry, let's, let's end on something a little different. Let, let's do a, a, a kind of a rapid fire. Just for those of you who don't know, you, your, your expertise extends far beyond perhaps you're, you're an expert on a lot of things. So let's just let's do a little rapid fire real quick. Okay, uh, so you were at the, the TU game on Sunday and saw uh, Jariah Horn's dramatic shot. What was that like? Well, in over 50 years of watching TU basketball, I've never seen TU win a game on a shot like that, a half-court shot. So that was unusual. I think, I mean, it was a really nice moment for a team that has suffered so many, that has lost just about every close game this year. So especially coming on senior day, really great to see them experience that victory but uh it, it was a stunner so uh, you know a great way to end if you're to you but it did sort of cap us a, a, a difficult season uh do you anticipate a coaching change i anticipate a coaching change because um i just don't i think it's really nothing against frank hate i'm not saying i'm advocating a change but um I think it's really, as we've seen by the dwindling attendance, it's really hard to sell people on the program unless a change is made, a coaching change is made right now. When do you think we might uh, see Major League Baseball? I'll stick with my prediction that I made at the start of the lockout in December. I think we'll see it in July, just like two years ago, although for very different reasons. Uh, it's not going to, can't blame it on COVID this time. So I really hope I'm wrong, but uh, I think it's going to be July. Boy, July, it's a long time, Barry. <laughs> really is. It's, uh, it's oh, painful. It's painful. Yeah. But there will be Drillers Baseball and Minor League Baseball, and Drillers Baseball will start on April 8th as scheduled with the home opener April 12th. And speaking of Drillers Baseball, Saturday is the annual Drillers Fest. Uh, fan-friendly event presented this year by the Tulsa World. So admission is free to Drillers Fest. Uh, it's just a really fun event that helps get you in the mood for the baseball season. And they've got all types of fam family-friendly activities planned. You can hang out with Hornsby. You can play in the kids' zone. Um, you can take uh, a tour of One Oak Field, so a behind-the-scenes look there. You can purchase tickets. You can pick up your season tickets if you're a season ticket holder. And uh, I know if you get a, a free hot dog and drink if you buy tickets. So um, uh, it's um, it's really a, a fun event. So uh, I, I, I that's 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at One Oak Field on Saturday. Uh, 
the uh, I was there for the last time they had the event two years ago, so it, it's fun. So I encourage people to to uh, check it out. The Drillers Fest 2022 presented by the Tulsa World. All right, last one. Uh, how about a word on Owasso's Brennan Phillips, Owasso uh, pitcher? He recently had a, a, a stellar outing. Yes, he did. Uh, he's opened the season. Um, Brennan is all world uh, baseball athlete of the year last year is expected to be a very high draft choice uh, this summer and he is off great start to his season uh, he's pitched 12 innings in his first two outings and he's really only allowed two base runners <laughs> See, he uh he opened with five perfect innings last tuesday against oklahoma city grant uh retired struck out all 15 batters he faced albeit Grant is not the greatest team, as Bill Haston wrote about, but an intriguing team with the three girls in their lineup. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Sand Springs is a pretty good team, and he went up against them on mon yesterday, Monday night, and uh, at Sand Springs, and he was really great again. Uh, seven innings, two hitter, no walks, eight strikeouts, 63 of his 86 pitches were for strikes. And uh, it was that was a really interesting outing to me because I'd seen him pitch at Sand Springs last year, and that was like one of his only bad outings that he had. So, but uh, he was in great form last night. So he's basically opened the season. His first twelve innings, he's allowed two base runners. <laughs> All right, Barry, appreciate the knowledge as always, and uh, we'll talk next week and we'll recap the state tournament. Sounds good, Patrick. All right, see you then. All right, you good? I'm good. All right, thank you. Thanks.